Hi, it's Hilary, and this week I'm joined by Simba and Garrett to discuss the year, our initial reactions to all that happened, and our perspectives on our communities and those around us that subsequently been impacted. Um, we're also going to try and discuss how we personally have adapted to life this year and what we have taken out of what seems to be, for many, an unforgettable year. Um, for some people, I guess, uh, all the right reasons, but for most, really, it's been quite tainted by a lot of the things that have happened. And we're just going to give our reactions to that and what, what what we've done to sort of adapt and what we've seen in our communities and just, I guess, the world over. So this is episode two, the 2020 wrap-up. Um, just want to start with a disclaimer. We've been a bit absent. Obviously, I had exams. Well, before the most of the three of us did have exams and just school stuff, I guess. <laughs> but it's good to be back. Um, like I said, I'm joined by Gary and Simba. Tawanda couldn't join us today, um, but I still do look forward to today's episode. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, bro. Just counting the days until 2021 just to forget about 2020 and we move and and you simba yeah good as always guys ready now um waiting for for 2021 of course yeah don't have things to change but the looks of it looks like that won't be the case but yeah we're just hopeful man but it's it's good to be here it's good to be here yeah that's all i like to hear i'm doing well thanks for asking <laughs> but yeah like I think we should start with the positives because it hasn't been, yeah, like I said, it hasn't been the most positive year for most people. So what are some of the like positive highlights that you guys would have, would probably note from this year, if you can remember any? Yeah, I think guys can take this on first. First, I think. <laughs> guys? Um, positive things. I just, I thought during this lockdown, I just felt a lot of, a lot closer to family, you know. Like, we all of us have been in boarding school and university, and this is, like, the first period of my life I've really just been with my family, learned a lot, and just being thankful, man, that's the most important thing that I've learned from this year. Yeah, I would actually go along with what Gaz said, because I consider myself to be pretty close to my family, just like, obviously, Gaz and Dickie, we both went to Falcon, or the three of us went to Falcon. Um, and being a boarder, you know, you, you're not home for three weeks at a time sometimes. Um, but I, I can still consider myself to be quite close to my family. But I think just like Gaz, the lockdown and just, just let me, it, it did let me take stock of everything and just be a bit closer to my family, you know, try to develop those relationships. Excuse me. Cause I feel like, well, my pers personal perspective is that sometimes these, relationships of all kind need to sort of level up as you um, progress through life, especially with age, like moving from being teenagers into young adults. And I feel like even the way that I and what I talk to my parents about has to like level up. And I think this year was sort of the beginning of that process really taking or gathering momentum. And I think that was something that, that I take pride in is that. Um, I learned how to cook this year. I, I previously could just like make like scrambled eggs. And I, I know Dickie used to always come to my house and have to like cook for me and <laughs> he always used to rinse me about it. But I seriously used the lockdown to learn how to cook. And what else? I read a lot of books, I think, as well, which I used to be a bookworm, but it just wasn't that easy because of university. But I think that's another thing that I got, um, which I'm grateful for. 
And you, Dicky, what did you find positive about this year, if anything? Wow. I said if anything, you see? <sighs> you know, I think it's fine. You um, already on your case. Zed <laughs> down my case. He knows what he said last week. So I'm still keeping that in mind. But um yeah, I mean this year um it has been difficult for everyone, man. Um as in probably one of the worst years in recent in modern times. But I think for me personally, it's just like, yeah, I got the word of guys saying being closer to like family and all that. Realize some of the um, you don't realize how much you actually miss these guys, how much you think about them when situations like this happen. So I think family also just doing a lot of things that I thought I would never do in my lifetime. Like um like Tino said, uh, I used to read books back in the day, but I just stopped for some reason, then all of a sudden this lockdown thing, I just um started reading books and all that. I finished, I think about three books almost finished the fourth one so um yeah it's just been like that i also started playing chess for some reason i don't know why just been enjoyable but Vicky, have you watched the queen's gambit no i haven't i haven't because i'm thinking i'm thinking that you like millions of other or thousands of other people watch the queen's gambit and all of a sudden have this fascination with chess which is this interesting trend i i need to watch that series soon <laughs> I haven't watched it. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and I highly recommend. No, I watch it. I watch it definitely. Thank you. So, yeah, um, oh. yeah. Do you want to say something? I was just gonna say sorry for interjecting, and just please continue. But yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's cool. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just like certain things like chess and all that, and also yeah, just the general things, and even just starting like these podcasts and all that stuff. It's some stuff that I thought about first probably still making high school or something like that but it took like three years later uh, a lockdown and uh, a global pandemic for for us to do this so yeah it's just certain things like that but yeah it's just one of those things that yeah um that has happened in terms of the positive things you know all right i hear you so what would be some of the i'd say positive world events that you guys can sort of just off the top of your head, recall. Um, first and foremost, Lewis Hamilton getting well. Getting nice. Knighted. That's that's that was going to be my first one as well. Yeah. Yeah. World exactly. events, guys. No one wants to know if Hamilton is winning because of these guys. <laughs> he's he's been doing on and <laughs> off the on. track. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I don't even know. To to be fair, like just be out, guys. That's. That's I the think, real positive. Yeah. Us I as think, black yeah. people, we we have we have grouped together and we have realized the effects of racism on an international level. I don't think that's happened before at the same time for black people. So I'd say that's a positive. Like just to add on to what Gaz is saying, I think I agree with him because, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole like all white people as racist, but you know historically, you know the predominant oppressors of other minorities. I think this is the first time, especially in my lifetime, where I've looked around and be like, raw man, like, black people are getting oppressed everywhere. I used to be like, okay, hearing my dad's stories of, like, Rhodesia and back, because my dad's quite old, I would hear the stories of, like, Rhodesia and him having to have, like, a passport to jump into city center in Harare and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that happens in Zimbabwe. Then you hear about slavery in America. But I never really connect the dots to see the connection between all black people being oppressed worldwide i always used to like 
compartmentalize them and say like, oh, that's an isolated incident there. That's an isolated incident there. But I never really realized sort of like what Jew Jewish people have gone through for centuries, that wherever they are on the earth, and this is not me taking sort of a victim mentality thing, but it's just historically, you see certain ethnic groups are more oppressed than others. Um, but like, I guess what Gaz was saying was that, which I do agree with, is that um, we sort of seen how, you know, how, how united black people can be um, with the NSARS thing, even with the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor uh, protests. But yeah, so I, I'd, I'd go along with what Gaz has said. Uh, yeah, um, hundred percent. I think yeah, BLM has been this year especially has taken off, and yeah, I think it just brought the global awareness. I, I don't think there's any more to add there, but yeah, I think uh, apart from the Lewis Hamilton thing, um, yeah, BLM is is right up there. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think it was November twenty fourth. Scotland became the first country in the world to offer, well, to make period products free, um, which is a pretty massive thing if you think about it, because for years, certain countries have been like making condoms free, um, but sex is a choice, whereas periods, you know, women don't choose to ovulate and so on and so forth. Um, but then there wasn't that support, especially financially. And period poverty is like a, a, a real thing. And I'm not the most clued up on it, but I think that the Scottish government is, yeah, the new law in Scotland, which is where I'm studying now, is is that local authorities, so like the city councils for each city in, in Scotland, now are required by law to support anyone who needs these products. And I think that the budget per year is £4 million per year, which I think is a substantial amount because... On average, it costs about eight pounds per person um, per month to cover the cost of that. So I think it could be a step in the right direction. And hopefully, um, the hope is that in the near future, you know, countries like Zimbabwe would be able to follow that. But that's just the hope, and I think that's still far from the reality. But I think it sets a good precedent for like our African countries to sort of look after people who sort of face a situation that they don't ask for. Like I said, like. The whole thing about how, for example, I think it's Botswana. If you go to Botswana, some some stores, um, some bottom stores have like free condoms in Botswana, but then, you know, period products aren't free, which is, you know, just something that never really made sense to me. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys remember, but it's parasite... definitely a right step in the positive direction for Scotland. It's just the way I look at it. It should be a basic human right, as Tino said. People don't have a choice. Women don't have a choice for these kinds of biological functions. So it's a positive step in the right direction. Whether economically it can be done in third world countries, but at least they're laying down the blueprint for everybody else. 100%, guys. Yeah. And just moving on to the next thing that I want to point out quickly is it seems like something that I don't think got enough attention. You guys remember the movie Parasite when it won, when it swept out the Oscars? Like, Parasite won five Oscars. And for lack of a better word, they whitewashed what is predominantly one of the most, I think, I wouldn't say, I'm looking for the right words, or rather 
the least diverse, in, in my eyes, the least diverse industry in the world, which is, you know, Hollywood. And when you really sit down and deep it, that's like the first time that a non-English film won Best Picture at the Oscars, which again is a step in the right direction. But then you look at the, the, all the other nominees and there weren't really movies about people of color. You had, I think it's the Le Mans movie, which they also renamed uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, there was 1917. There was Little Women, which is, I guess is, is a step in the right direction for, you know, having more films centered around women. But there weren't any nominees, um, you know, or no, yeah, nominees that had like casts with a lot of people of color. Um, and I guess that, that 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 the explanation for that is that also the quality of movies from people of color maybe wasn't that great this year, but also shows you the the distance that you know black and other minority ethnic uh, directors and people in that industry still need to go, you know, to achieve a certain level level of greatness. I think with uh, Parasite winning, we just saw a greater shift in content creation. Now, these days, you're seeing more that you don't have to align yourself with the, ideal, the ideals of American values. You can you can have a movie that's in Korean. You can have, like, BTS. Those guys are now global and dominating the American market. Or black people, we don't have that yet. I think even, like, Tino, I've just realized this the other day. There's no black American movies that are really being made or sitcoms at this present moment. Back in the day, you had Martin, Girlfriends, um, The Cosby Show, whatever it was called. But these days, you're not really seeing anything like that. And that's a general problem. What do you guys think about that? Is there a way to fix that? Um, I'll just give my answer quickly, and then I'll just um, segue to Dickie's answer. I think that the problem, right, and obviously, I, I don't really pay attention to the film industry or the TV industry. But just as a casual viewer, I think what the problem is, is that in an attempt to diversify um, and bring more black and minority ethnic um, actors, producers, directors, writers, you know, screenplay uh, writers as well um, into the fold and onto that same uh, sort of level as, um, you know, the traditional white, you know, male writers, etc., what ends up happening is that you're you're diluting the black the black voice because you're trying to you're trying to sort of speed up the the introduction of black people into white stories and I think that's where the disconnect is and then there are not enough black stories being told so you're trying to mix all these stories into one melting pot so I think that's why there's an absence of a black voice in in film and in TV these days, which is something I actually hadn't noticed. Uh, but since Gaz has said it, I, I think it really does make sense. We used to have Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, all these different shows, but you're not really getting content like that as well. And the few ones that I am coming across, I feel like there are a lot of sellouts on TV. Like, it's not really for the culture. You get what I'm saying? And that's in America. Yeah, Obviously, in like the content UK. And, uh white studios basically exactly. so it's not really and the writers aren't from our cultures so they can't really touch on the issues that affect us daily the closest thing i've seen is blackish but even that's a bit sellout to me because 
it's not the average black family. That's that's not the average black family. We we aren't all upper middle class. So even the problems that Dre and Bo and all of them go through, those aren't really problems that myself, Tawanda, Simba, Gaz, our families go through. You, you get me. So even the the little representation that's there, it's not accurate. Um, whereas in the UK you have a top boy, and that's the other extreme way. <laughs> Again, for the four of us, that's not an accurate representation. Um, before I ask Dickie for his answer. Um, I just want to welcome Tawanda, who's just joined us. Well, he's managed to join us. Um, yeah, how are you doing, Tawanda? Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, thanks, <laughs> thanks for welcoming me in. Uh, yeah, I think now I can settle down. I had a long dead work, so <laughs> I think I can say that I've fully recovered now. Nice, nice, nice. And Dicky, what's your answers to Gaz's question? So, just for Tawanda, what we're talking about is um just going through the positives and I had started sort of the segment talking about Parasite winning five Oscars, you know, um, and how they've sort of like infiltrated one of the most, well, one of the least diverse industries in the world. And then Gaz um, went on to talk about how there's a lack of representation for black people in modern film and modern TV, um, particularly in US TV these days as opposed to the 90s and 80s where we had like the Cosby show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin, you know, these these classics that we still watch um, reruns of. But yeah, uh, Dickie, what's your answer? Yeah, um, I think it's quite strange and quite, it's quite strange to see that there actually aren't any and these shows, these types of shows anymore. And I don't know why that's the case. I think, like um, Tino said, like there are too many sellouts, which is very true. I see some of these guys, you know, I'll just use YouTube for an example. They'll be making content on YouTube and all of a sudden they get like some promotion or something like that. I don't know, um, from a TV show, from a TV broadcasting company. And all of a sudden they go there and they change the whole aesthetic and almost this guy that you see on YouTube. So I don't know why it's always that case. And you also find that most of the shows um, that are on TV, like I'll use Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy is run by a black um, director, Shonda Rhimes. But then a large majority of the cast, okay, at least now it's diverse, but then it still doesn't portray like what's, what's really going on. There's no show that's actually portraying what really goes on in the black community. I think the last show for me personally that actually did that was, I don't know if you guys have watched it, Everybody Hates Chris. And that was like um, where you could actually see that, wow, this is how it actually is, like in the hood, like in, in Brooklyn, how how things actually is, like the poverty, how someone has to um, grind and work. Um, his father has to work three jobs and all that. So personally, I don't know why this is the case. I would like to have um, a definitive answer, but as I say, I don't know why there's this lack of of black shows. I don't know if I really even answered the question, but it's just it's baffling for me. Don't worry, Dickie. I like your answer. That's all that matters. What about you, Tawanda? Um, the first thing that I thought of, like when you guys were even mentioning um the classic black shows. I was like, I was already screaming in my head, hey, don't forget my wife and kids. That's that's a classic. That's, wow, yeah, that know? that is actually yeah, that that's a good that's a good call. I think that that's that's a pretty good one. I used to always watch that. Yeah. 
Yeah, same. My dad put me on that, and you know, I haven't looked back ever since. Like sometimes I even rewatch it. But yeah, um, back on this, like it's actually a very interesting thing because like, yeah, I never thought of it in that sense that they're not enough black shows currently. And yeah, it's something you know, like if you say that it's something that needs to be fixed, you then act like you know you're trying to take over again. But one thing we do have to accept is that like, yeah, that's that industry is like yeah it's not exactly it's not exactly like something that uh, black people can dominate the same way that we that we used to back in the day so that's why we're having like um what uh, simba said our grey's anatomies and all that and i think that we should if we're going to go back into it like we should have like a subtle in- um i don't know if you guys heard the rumors but um there was uh, I was I was at work. I think it was on Monday, and one of my friends was telling me that yeah, there's the potential that uh, in the next James Bond movie, James Bond could be black. And I was like, ah, is that smart? Is it? I feel like that's. We don't want James Bond to be I don't, black. I don't want yes, James Bond to be I black. Second, I, I, because you see, here's my here's my thing. I think this has been discussed for a few years now. Even Trevor Noah made a whole skit about it in one of his specials. Like. I think the simple thing for me is that I admire James Bond, but that that's a waste of resources because that's not a black story. It can never be a black man's reality because some of the things, or and I'm not talking about you know a black man can't be in law enforcement or in espionage. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if you look historically at the origins of James Bond, you know, sort of that 1960 um, upper middle class kind of like white privilege if you really watch the the movie and some of the themes that are associated with james bond sort of like relaying them or trying to applying them trying to apply them to to a black man or a black woman um i feel like it's a waste of resources and goes back to what i'm saying is that our voices become diluted because we're sort of focusing resources on something that doesn't accurately capture the black um reality and also i feel like in terms of having black superheroes i think disney's done a, a good thing by giving us you know um um black panther i really forgotten the name but yeah once again R.I.P. chadwick exactly r.i.p chadwick Boseman. but you know that's that's we've got our black superhero um and sure yeah we can have some more but i think it's time we tell the black story a bit more accurately and see where that gets us that's my personal opinion. And just moving on, um, I want us to touch more on some of the more negative things, some of the heavier topics in 2020. So once again, just opening this to the floor, what comes to mind for you guys when you think of the negative things besides obviously COVID? Um, okay, I think I can, I'll, I'll try to go first. Like the, the first thing that I thought of um, it was COVID. The second thing that I thought of um, <laughs> was basically how slow the year was like i think people in general including myself were just you know they were, we were stumped we didn't know what to do with the year initially because you know it's you would go on you go on twitter for example you go on instagram and everyone is just like yeah been the year we don't want to do this anymore and i mean to a certain extent it's valid we have to accept that um yeah this year was just plagued with a lot of problems and when that becomes overwhelming like it just 
messes up um the whole life equation so basically how the year was slow was uh, something that yeah put me off you know you could you could try have fun you could try do this and that but then every every solution that you could try have or the slowness that's happening it was like very short term like for example if you're here got like a bit messed up this is this is for us here in germany like if you if you're here got like yeah got too much and you're like okay let me go get a trim you could only do that for about i don't know i think about four months in this in this whole year getting a haircut you could only do it for like about four months throughout the whole year so yeah stuff like that stuff like that made it like very hard for you to enjoy the year that's my take what about you guys pardon Oh, I was just saying, what what's your take on it? Just some of the negative things that you've sort of witnessed or seen and just reacted to in 2020. Well, most of the things that I've seen that have just been negative, just social media in general. I don't know, for me, there was a brief period in time during lockdown where everything was just bad. You're just seeing people getting murdered, uh, police beating up people hospitals full of people and that just really affected me and I just had to like disconnect for me social media was quite a negative experience this year for me I don't know about you guys yeah and you Dickie um yeah um I think yeah social media I think it just I just felt like especially with the whole BLM thing going on I think a lot of people are just hopping on the trend I've just to say, yeah, BLM, BLM, without actually doing anything about it, which actually did irritate me a lot. Um, yeah, and just seeing just this whole thing, um, a lot of people um, getting to hospitals, um, the explosions happening in various countries, and you're seeing people dying, and just like, wow, it's, it's not going to get any worse, and wow, it does get worse, so. Just that in general, and also just um, from my perspective, just losing um, some of my close friends, one of my close friends to to death. So yeah, it's just been it's been one of those those yeah those negatives and all that. But yeah, that's that's just about it. I hear you, bro. I mean, I was talking to guys before the, we started recording. One thing I said to them is, my year's been pretty good. Um, obviously that's relative to everything else because a lot more could have gone wrong. And as an introvert, I think this whole lockdown situation, it suits me down to a T. But one of the negatives, just to build on what both Simba and Gaz have said, I think one of the biggest negatives for me has also been social media and just seeing how myself included, but our generation um, sort of carries itself on such a worldwide platform like Twitter, for example which is a nightmare onto itself. But I, I feel like we really do need a cultural reboot as a generation. And not everything has to change, but if you really look close, there are a lot of things, a lot of negative cultures that we perpetuate and that we let manifest in our communities. Obviously, last episode, we talked about rape culture and dismantling that, or however briefly that, that conversation was. Um, you know, the way that we address men and women and how that adds and contributes to rape culture. But we also need to talk about cancel culture, you know, the way that we expect humans, particularly celebrities, to be superhumans when 
nine times out of ten, they don't really ask to be celebrities. They just do so well at their craft that they eventually become celebrities. And then we hold them to a standard we would never hold ourselves to. And then we get mad when they mess up. I mean, you just see it. And this whole culture of just like arguing about anything. Remember, Toronto, we were talking about in the football group chat today about how people just like to argue about any and everything. And Word. yeah, it's, it's, it's like cool to pass time, you know, as long as no harm's being done. When harm's being done, it's not so cool. So that's why I think, and I hate resolutions, so I'm not going to make a resolution, but I'm just going to say going forward, you know, I think we really need to talk to the people in our communities and our friend groups and find ways that we can, you know, address all of these different cultures that we are, you know, perpetuating and bringing into existence. Um, because our actions do have ramifications, especially on our loved ones, not just ramifications as in devastating effects with their lives in a tangible way, but sometimes it's how those closest to us may be more susceptible to our behavior and we rub off on them. So it's very important that, for example, and I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, for example, if one person drinks and they can handle it, they might have someone who's more vulnerable around them that may not be able to handle it, but you don't realize that because to you, you're able to handle it. It's the same thing with all these cult, all these stereotypes that we, you know, that we enable. And I think that's, that's the main takeaway from, or that's the main negative thing for me besides COVID is just how as a generation, we carry ourselves. And I think that sort of like balances itself out as we progress and as we get older and more mature, I hope. But at the moment, that's the, that's the thing that really concerned me this year. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of concern that was like um, placed around this whole year. But yeah, um, I mean, good thing is like, we're left with two days. Huh? What can go wrong in two days? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do that. I thought you would because I know. Don't do that, my guy. We, each guy Simba has been doing on, I think, for the actually, past three weeks about aliens. But actually, can I interject? Simba might be right because <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard. I'm not trying to creep you out. I think I'm the one who got Simba on this alien wave by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Simba, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember when I posted that image of that um, Joe Rogan segment where they're talking about the aliens? Aerial school bro, in Rua. Well, that thing is real, guys. Damn, it's real. I was that's, talking. That's I told my mom about that, and she was like, "Yeah, that that actually happened." I'm like, "What do you mean that actually happened? I've been here for 21 years. You haven't even told me about this." Like. <laughs> The, sto the story is crazy, guys. I'm going to send you guys a link to it, but it's just crazy. So basically what I'm getting at is that there's this major documentary that's being made right now in the United mm. States. And I think it's like a multi-million dollar um, documentary. And they've basically been interviewing the, I won't say victims, but the people that were present that day, these Zimbabweans. They've been interviewing them about their, excuse me, <clears throat> experience. and it's going to be interesting. I think it might come out next year. I'm not entirely sure, but that's a documentary to look out for. I don't think it has a name yet, but just alien documentaries involved with whatever it is. That is going to be top of my watch list next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the aliens come really like Tawanda said, what can go wrong? Dude, the Pentagon released footage of an identified flying object over the, do you not see that? 
Yeah, Dude, you know, I was, I was actually doctor. reading, I was reading about that today, guys. And the headline was Pentagon releases footage of the UFO, but it's 2020. So no one cares. And that's like so true because like this has clearly been released and no one gives a damn. People are thinking about so many other different things that they can't really be asked to think about that. Right? You yeah, see, it's tough in the ends. It's honestly tough in the ends. <laughs> They're about to make a grand finale. Just wait and see. I don't say that. Don't say that, fam. Ah. I always tell you, remember that picture when they're all like in a group and they're like, oh, snap, it's us. We're up next. I always think about that. Dude, you know, I think about that picture every few days. Like, <laughs> we probably aren't far from that re- that becoming the reality. I feel like the movie 2012 was supposed to be titled 2020 because everything that happened this year, I don't think I would have imagined this this time last year. I was like, yo, I'm going to turn 21. It's going to be a madness. I'm going to fly to Germany. I'm going to see my boy. I'm going to travel the world. Because I had saved up money. I was like, yeah, it's going to be my year. But nah, fam. COVID had different plans for us. But yeah, obviously these talks can go on forever. But that wouldn't be quite feasible. So I, I just like us, as we approach the end of this podcast or this episode, to just go one by one and tell us what their major takeaways are, what they learned about themselves and what skill they added this year during the lockdown or just throughout the year in general. So anyone can start, really. I, I just want to come out and say that I'm not going first again. I went first last time, so... so. Okay, so that's Remember, basically... Can go that's first, basically yeah. German... That's German who I haven't learned anything. Ah, hey, hey, hey. No. Simba, go first. I'm not, I'm not going to get baited into going first. <laughs> You're still on nearly board, worked. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, just what I've taken away this <clears throat> this year is that yeah, um, nothing changes if nothing changes. That's um something I've I saw somewhere and just just stuck with me. But the rest of the year, I mean, of course, yeah, we're in the situation and all that. But then at the same time, it's not going to change if we don't do anything about it. You know, um, so. Yeah, that's one thing that I've taken away and that I've kept, uh, which I will keep for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, one, one skill that stuck with me, I don't know. That's, that's very hard, I guess. I guess learning another language, I guess. I don't know. Um, of course, with the assistance by Tawanda, um, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just that. And uh, quite a whole lot, uh, a lot of things, but yeah, just things like that. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, guys. What I've learned is just, just having a positive mindset can do you a world of good, especially this year. Because I feel like these days, especially in our generation, we always think the worst of any outcome when it's just, when it's just a bad cloud and you can always just move or move on from any bad situation. And if you take a positive outlook, you're always going to be first in line for any blessing that God can give you. And that's my, what I've learned from this year. All right. Dope, dope. Tawanda? Um, yeah. Um, despite this year being tough and everything. In fact, I think I, to a certain extent, I could kind of say that on, on my front, I needed this year. Not, not on the COVID front. But like on the Black Lives Matter front, because I think this is the year that I found my voice in general. Like in 
you know, like if this was 2017 or 2018, I would have probably the most I would have done in this in this whole uh, Black Lives Matter thing is just probably just like post a picture on my Instagram story and that's it. That's it for the year. But I think um, this year, also there being COVID, I think me being proactive was also like something that I would take note and be like, okay, you you don't do this often. Okay, let's let's try keep this up. Because yeah, um, the last thing I did before we we fully locked down was um, going for protests even in Dusseldorf. Like if you asked me like before. I jumped into university. You asked me, hey, Tawanda, are you going to go for protests and all that? I was probably going to be like, nope, um, never. But, you know, it's something that made me stick my neck out. And it's something that I enjoy. And, yeah, it's something that I would definitely go for again because, you know, it's, it's liberating. So that's something that I really learned how to do this year. And I'm, I'm glad that I found it. That's cool, man. I'm happy for you as well. I think the thing for me... Um is that I was always good. I've always been good at public speaking. I've always been proficient at that, but I've never been any good at speaking to the public, if that makes sense. So I could do like Toastmasters, Speaker Circle, all these public speaking events and clubs and societies and speak, even Model United Nations, Model African Union, I could do that. But just being in a crowd, I was always uncomfortable. That's, or even a group chat, I'd be very uncomfortable. But I think this year, just like to one, I've managed to find my, I won't say my voice because I've always known what I'm passionate about and what I care about and what I'll advocate for. But I've been able to find my pocket. And by finding my pocket, what I mean is, is knowing when to speak, when to keep quiet, when to add, when to take away, when to just observe. I think so on that point, well, yeah, in that aspect, it's been a major year of growth for me. And also the big thing is just like, like I was saying to Gaz, I was saying to Dickie before Tawanda came on, is I learned how to cook, which I guess means I'm not going to be the laughing stock of the four of us anymore when and well, the next time that we meet up. But that's, that's something that I take pride in. Obviously, read a lot of books. Didn't finish any of them, but I read a lot of books, which is still pretty cool. And we started this podcast. Uh, Dickie also started Football Talk, which has also been doing pretty well. So it's pretty dope. I I think it's been a good year for, for me relative to everything that's been going on. But I'm keen to see what next year holds and not going to hold my breath though because if this year is anything to go by, I think caution is the best way forward. But I guess that wraps it up. And I'd just like to thank all our listeners for contributing, helping us you know, grow. Even though it's been a slow and steady climb, um, we're still here and from next year, we'll see how often we can get together and bring you guys content. And yeah, just feel free to reach out to us if you have anything that you want us to discuss. Um, reach out to us if you want to discuss the episodes. Um, I've had a few people um, DM me and just talk about the episode. And it's pretty cool to know that people are listening and enjoying the stuff that we are talking about and providing us with ideas. So let's keep up the momentum. And I wish everyone a blessed 2021 and happy New Year's. Not sure. Well, it's still 2020 at the time of recording. I'm not sure when you get this, but when you do get this, God bless. And we'll see you in 2021. Take care.